0: presence of the Lord is always the overriding benefit of coming into His fellowship and into His presence. What a wonderful time of worship this morning. Amen. I have a message that I'm going to share with you this morning that uh, when I preach in this area, I often find it difficult. I believe I have come to understand why. It isn't hard to prepare for. It isn't hard to speak the word. But it is always strongly opposed by the enemy because when you reveal him for who he is, that comes against all of his plans and schemes and strategies that he has developed to try to destroy us. When those things are revealed and made known, It is displeasing to him. But I enjoy displeasing the devil. And I also enjoy pleasing God. So I trust this morning, this message I share with you does both of those things. I trust that it pleases God and that it greatly, highly displeases the devil. When we do that, we're on the right track. Father, by your Holy Spirit, move and speak to us this morning because our hearts are open and we want to receive your truth. It is not always pleasant to hear truth. Sometimes it hurts, it stings, it burns. But then there's always a balm that you put in that place as the Holy Spirit makes it known to us that truth is for our blessing. Truth is for our benefit. Truth is for our edification. And I ask that the Holy Spirit... We'll make that real and known to every one of us today. At any point where we want to rebel in our hearts and say, that's not for me, I pray that your Holy Spirit will immediately combat that contrary spirit. Subdue it and let every person who comes to that place and any place in this time receive all of your word today. I believe that you're enlightening us by the moving of your Holy Spirit and by the revelation of your word in Jesus' name. We thank you and claim you and believe you for it. Amen. Amen. Open your Bible to John chapter 8 if you'd like to read the scripture with me that I'm going to start with this morning. A lot of times people ask me why I don't read a scripture when I start my message. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But whether I open with one or not, there's always a lot of scripture in every message that I bring here. Sometimes I want to read it to start with, and sometimes I'd rather just bring it in and develop it as we go. This morning I want to start off with a declaration, a firm declaration from the Bible that Jesus made. Let it set the tone and the pace. Let it bring the atmosphere that we want as we share His Word this morning together. John chapter 8, this is verse 44, and Jesus is speaking. He says... He, and he's referring to Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Sometimes Jesus spoke very gently. He spoke very softly. He spoke very warmly. And sometimes he went into the temple and took a cord of whips and drove out the money changers. And oftentimes he spoke very forthrightly, especially to the hypocrites, primarily among the Pharisees. He spoke very straightforwardly, plainly, clearly, as he did in this place. He is addressing those Pharisaical Jewish people who believe that they had great standing because they were the natural offspring of Abraham. But in fact, Jesus said, your father is the devil. And your father was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he's speaking right out of his own character. That's who he is, a liar, the father of lies. And and, and you need to recognize him for who he is. When you and I come to the place that we recognize the father of lies, and we know who he is, he's the one who's speaking, he's the one who's telling us what we're hearing, if we recognize who the source of that word is, then we recognize that there can be no truth in what's being said to us, if we know who it's coming from. I feel like I'm just a little bit loud there, if you don't mind, but I'm going to get louder than this. I know myself well enough to know that. And I just don't want to shout you out. So, so we if we recognize who, who, who He is and who's speaking to us, then we know where that untruth, that lie, that perversion of genuineness is coming from. When the devil speaks, it will always be a lie. That's what Jesus said. It may be Cushioned in a little bit of truth. We learn that through the temptation that Jesus endured in the 40 days in the wilderness. There's always a little element of truth in what the enemy says. Because if he comes right out and tells you exactly what his plan is, what his, what his intention is, what his purpose is, you'll recognize it. But if he can couch it in just enough truth to hide it, to make it devious divisive, disruptive, destructive, then he has accomplished deception. And he has caused us to believe the lie that he's told. So a lie is deception, and he is a deceiver because he's a liar. The way the enemy causes us to listen to him, to give him any attention whatsoever, is to come to us in the guise of something acceptable to us. So you may hear somebody preach, teach, talk in the circle of Christians, and they start out saying something good, but they wander off into that which you know is questionable, and after it's questionable, then you know it's not true, and yet the person's already established a foundation to get you to hear him. Her. That's what the enemy does; he brings false doctrine to us. You could even call it false truth, false because it is not true, but presented as being true. And that's what the Bible means when the Apostle Paul wrote to the to the uh, to the Corinthians in his second letter to them, in the chapter of uh, the eleventh chapter, the fourteenth verse. He said that there are times when Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Well, you know, most of what he said, Pastor, was true. And I like most of what he said. I I did have this question about this one thing. It just didn't quite ring true to me. When you hear something that's not ringing true, just believe it's the false bell sounding it. I know some of you have brought to me letters that people have written you. You've asked me what I thought about them. And then most of the time when those letters that I'm referring to right now were brought to me, I, I told you very clearly I didn't think very much about them. In fact, sometimes I said this is just a preposterous lie. It's just a falsehood. Some preacher had written you telling you that if you would give so much money to him, you would be sure that your nephew, your niece, your brother, your sister, your brother, your father, they usually make a long list out there, check one or two or three, will be saved. And I've told you, that's just the enemy. That's just the enemy. I thought the one really good one was this. Someone brought me a letter that a preacher had written. Me. I like the way they come to the bottom of that letter, and I say, Reverend Doctor. So <laughs> and this letter started out, Dear Sir or Madam, God is giving me a message for you. And I know that it's for you, because he spoke to my heart about you. And I'm giving this message for you. And then of course it all goes on to say, if you'll send me enough money, I'll guarantee you that you'll have an answer to prayer. see now. I don't think God's as mixed up as people are today. I think he knows male from female. You don't if, if the if the Lord's writing you a letter, it won't be dear John or Mary, whichever one you happen to be, if he's sending you a message, let me tell you this, he knows your name. He knows your address. He knows your email account. He knows how to send you a word, and it doesn't have to be, it might be for you. It's kind of like the woman that I know about. I personally know about this. I've never told this before. But she was conducting a service, and she was the wife of a very well-known evangelist at that time. Still known by a lot of people, not as much so as in those days. But she was conducted to service because she was in charge of the church while he was gone. And she got up and she had a word of prophecy for you. And she said, I'm not pointing to anybody here in particular. I'm just trying to emulate what she did. She said, and I've got this word for you, May Jane. And I want you to know you better get right with God. You better get things straightened out. That sickness that you had, that you thought you overcome, it'll come back on you, and you'll get worse than you were before. And, I, and as she kept on, the woman looked around as she was pointing at you, And she kept prophesying to her. She said, well, uh, uh, excuse me, ma'am, are you talking to me? She said, yes, I am, Mary Jane. And quote, unquote, Mary Jane said, well... not Mary Jane, that's my sister. And so not to be deterred from the message that God had given her, the lady preacher said, will you tell Mary Jane she missed the real blessing because this was for her, you're supposed to hear it and take it home to her. (laughs) Now, I have know them knew them let's say. and uh, we've laughed many times over that because it's ridiculous God doesn't have to say i'm trying to find you he knows where you are. He knows how to speak to you. He knows how to speak truth to you. He will speak truth to you. And anything else that is not of God, that is not the revelation of God, that's not enlightened by the Spirit of God, that isn't quickened in your heart, is not the Word of God for you. He has a message for you today. And this angel of light, deceptive angel of light, planting unwanted seeds, in the garden of your life is always telling you a lie, and he will lie to you about God, he'll lie to you about yourself, and he'll lie to you about others. That's why the Lord counseled Paul to speak to us and declare to us that we should put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to successfully stand up against The schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. He has a plan for you. His plan is to confuse you, and then once you're enough confused to bring you a lie, and that lie leads you away from God into a distant place from Him where the favor and blessings of God cannot be poured out on you. That's what the enemy wants to take you to. His schemes and strategies are just deceitful because he is the father of lies. And anything that is against the harmony of the Spirit of God in your life, against the power of the presence of God in your fellowship, that is a deceit of the devil. And you need to recognize it as such and turn away from it. I'm not counseling you to shun people. I'm counseling you to shun the devil. I had something happen to me this week. It's never happened to me before. I tell you, in all the years that I have been preaching, I have never told anything like I'm going to tell you right now because it's never happened to me before. And if I stand up here and tell you this happened to me, it won't be something I read on the Internet and then said it happened to me. All the years that I've been praying for God to speak to me, I have prayed this way. I've said it to you numbers of times. I've prayed this way. Lord, speak to me in dreams and visions, in spiritual revelations, and in angelic visitation. I just have felt led to pray that way. But I will tell you, I have had one vision in all of my life. One vision. I've told it to this church twice. The same vision I've told it twice. And... I've never in all my life had another vision. Now, I don't think that's because the Lord can't trust me with it. Maybe it's because I didn't need it. I don't know. But I've always prayed, Lord, speak to me in dreams and visions. And the Lord has never, ever spoken to me in a dream. I've had dreams, but I never thought they were from God. And even sometimes when I remember them, because most of the time I don't remember them, kind of like you. I, some jumbled idea, but I never put it together. Someone wrote, and I read it just in the last few days, if a dream is from God, you will remember the dream instantly when you wake up, and you will know that it's from God. That's exactly what happened to me last Thursday night. I've been praying for a good while about some issues, and, and I woke up at 5.30 Friday morning having had this dream on Thursday night. I remembered the whole thing immediately. As I woke up, it, the first thing I thought of was this dream. It came fully and clearly to me exactly what I had dreamed. And then I knew why the Lord had given it to me. And it was not for any individual. Although that morning the Lord said, I want you to tell us this person about that dream. And then later on in the morning, I want you to tell this person. But then I began to think, I need to share this. This is what led me into talking about deception. And and, and the divisiveness and the seed of the devil. Having had this dream, that's why it, it just stayed strongly with me. So this is what I dreamed. I was standing in an open courtyard. By the way, I don't. I probably don't need to say this. I know people tell me I don't need to say it, but, but I, I always do. Maybe for me more than anybody else. I I'm not given to. I guess that's maybe why I never have a one vision. I only have one dream from God. I don't depend on this kind of thing. I depend on God's word, the Holy Spirit speaking his word to me. But when God gives me something like this, it's like an extra bonus of revelation and I'll accept it as that. But you know you never heard you don't hear me talking about things like this all the time. It's just it's it's a rarity because it, it, it just doesn't happen to me all the time. And if you have more dreams than I do, God bless you, I'm not disparaging that at all. I I I think God speaks to many different people, us, all of us, in many different ways. Just that we know it's from God, that's the important thing. So I was standing in this open courtyard by myself, looking out over the area, and, and, and suddenly somebody said, hey, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And he came up to me and he said, I, I am having a, a real problem. He said, I've got this person that's calling me and sending me emails and, and, and contacting me and telling me if I don't send him money. He's going to shut down my bank account so my cards won't work. He's going to intercept my disability check from the government, and I won't get it. And he's going to activate other things against me in my life, in my affairs, in business matters. And and it's just going to effectively shut down my life. He wants me to send him $3,000 what should I do before I can give him an answer, someone was standing over to the side and happened to hear what this person was telling me. I didn't see anybody else there, but the other person came and said, I heard what he was saying, and I need to, and all of them call me pastor. I don't say that because I think that all these people represented you necessarily, but I, it was because they were seeking someone who would give them counsel and give them the word of God is what I, the way I took it to be. So this person came up and said, I just overheard what he was saying, Pastor, and you know, the same thing's happening to me. I don't know if I'm hearing from the same person or not, but I got an email about it, and then somebody had my phone number I didn't think they would have it, and they called me and told me, I sent you an email, and, I, and, and I'm calling you to tell you this now, if I don't get $3,000 from you by this date and this time, I'm going to shut down your bank accounts, I'm going to nullify your card so you won't be able to use your, your bank card or your check card or even your credit cards. And I'm going to put damage on your on your automobile so that you won't be able to drive it and go anywhere to, even so much as to go get groceries. And they said, what should I do? By that time, another couple of people had heard what was being said. And they, kept, and they came up, Pastor, the same thing's happening to us. Well, what do you think we should do about it? And before I could give anybody an answer, more had come. And then there was a little gathering standing around me, and they were all trying to talk at the same time. Basically saying, this is the same thing that happened to us. This is what somebody told us. And we don't know what to do. We're upset. We're worried. And I'm standing there thinking, what in the world can I tell them? What is going on? And then, sometimes you don't speak out of what you know necessarily. You speak out of what God gives you at the moment. That's what we call a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. Prophecy. The Holy Spirit brings the answer to the question. And instantly, as I was trying to figure out what to say to these people, the Holy Spirit put words in my mouth, and I could feel myself beginning to speak in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I said, every one of you who has told me this is believing a lie. This person who's telling you what's going on, what he's going to do, making these threats against you, has no authority to do the things he says he's going to do. He has no power to do that. He has no ability to do that. All he can do is make you think that he can do it and have you send him money. And then one of them stuck his hand up and said, Pastor, you might be right because I told him there's just no possible way I could send him $3,000. It was impossible. And he said, well, I'll give you a payment plan. You can send me $130 a week. I said, well, that proves my point. What was only thing that was possible was for you to send money to pay it off, and now that you cannot you this, know, it's impossible for you to do that, he's going to make another plan for you because the devil is always devious, he's always divisive, he's always disruptive, he's always destructive, and he's always deceitful and deceptive. So when he deceives, he does it in a in, in, in a strong, powerful way to bring you of fear. And in that dream, I saw these people caught up in the spirit of fear. When I gave that prophecy, that word of wisdom, that word of knowledge, whatever it was the Holy Spirit gave me to speak to them and made that declaration to them, they began to turn and speak to each other and say, you know, I think he's right. I think that is true. And then I went on to say, all you have to do, all you have to be afraid of is what he's threatening to do not what he can do, because what he says he can do is not what he can do. It will do him no good. It will not affect you at all. It won't bother you unless you believe it, unless you get caught up in the fear of it. If you stand against the fear that he's trying to sow in your heart and in your mind, you can be victorious. And everybody seemed to praise the Lord, raise their hands and rejoice and praise God. I took it from that that none of them were going to do that. And they were going to stand against it and recognize that that was the word of the devil and not any word, of a le- not a legitimate word, but a lie from the devil. And, friends, if we can come to the place that we recognize, we recognize the fear the enemy wants to plant in us, we recognize the deception that he wants to bring to us, cause us to be deceived about God and God's plan for us, when you hear in your mind, in your spirit, Something begins to say, Well, God must have given up on me. I, I guess God's just turned his back on me. I guess God, I, I thought I, I thought God loved me, but I just don't understand how this could be if God loves me. All of that is the effort of the enemy to get you to declare that God is not who he is. But I am going to tell you that God is. God. God is good. God is gracious. God is love. God is powerful. God is yours. He's your Savior. And he has come to lift you, not to put you down, but to lift you. And if the devil makes you think anything about God that is negative or believe anything about God that's negative, you need to refute that in the name of Jesus and on his word. God loves you. He wants to deceive you about yourself. I'll just never be able to overcome I've tried to live for God in victory, and I hear it preached. I just can't make it. I just can't quite get there. Oh, I just wish God would come in and just take care of everything for me. I wish He'd come in and pay off my mortgage and pay off my car loan and show me that He loves me. Just show me that He loves me. He has shown you that he loves you. He's shown you the greatest possible way he could ever be expressed. The greatest declaration that ever be made. God so loved the world and you, God loves so loved you and me that he gave his only son so that we could believe in him and never perish but have everlasting life. Jesus. Jesus died for us. That's the testimony of how much our Father God loves us. And then he wants you to think really, really, really negative things about others. Oh, if we could just get everybody to overcome this one part. Because it's easier to say, oh, I'm wrong wrong about God. Well, maybe I'm just wrong about myself. I need to step up and be closer to God. And I can do that. But then when somebody else has said something that's offensive, or you've taken Somebody in the family's done something they weren't supposed to do. Somebody's mistreated somebody. Sometimes it may be really minor, and sometimes it could be elevated to the level of illegality. It could be horrible. But do you know, no matter what the degree of that is, the only way that you can have victory over that is to overcome the deceitfulness of the devil who will say to you, Well, if you were ever justified in shutting down anybody and casting them away, you sure justified about this person. You don't have to approve of somebody's actions, but you do have to engage in love. And you cannot carry anything in your heart that is unforgiveness, anything in your heart that is an offense that you have taken, because if you do, you're listening to the deceitfulness of the devil. You're listening to a message from him that he wants you to buy into and believe that you have a right to feel this unforgiveness towards somebody else, whoever it may be, if you it, it, this can go to the this can go to the level of extreme extreme psychological disruption in the person's life. Unforgiveness, but it can certainly destroy you spiritually if you walk in unforgiveness towards anybody. Doesn't matter what they've done to you. You are harming. One, you're harming only one Christian when you do that, that's you, yourself. So don't say the devil's words. Don't think his thoughts. Don't follow his plan. I know some of you say, oh Pastor, that's so elementary, I don't need that. But listen, friend, there's some people here who do need this. Who this? Don't, don't, don't. Don't say, don't take the devil's words and let them represent for you God's words. Don't take his thoughts and speak his thoughts as though they are genuine, legitimate, truthful, or honest. And you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. If you have any question about it, any uncertainty about it, what you are being prompted inwardly to believe or to say or to act upon there's one way to find out whether it's right or wrong. Here it is. Here it is. It's always been here. Still here. Always going to be here. We're living today, I know, in a society that seems to be accepting of lies and deceit. This is, a, this is a, this is it's always among us. It's highlighted now. It, there, there's, there's so much lying being told. When some people say something, the first thing you got to believe, that must be a lie because that's what I always hear is a lie. But you can counteract that. You might not be able to change society. You may not be able to get that on the headlines of the major newspapers of the country. But that doesn't matter. You can change it in your own heart. In your own standing with God, you believe the truth. Believe what God has spoken. Believe what God's Word says. Stand on the Word of God and let the Word of God be your guide to tell you what is truth and what is error. What is clarity and what is deception. And it will make it known to you. If what you're saying and what you're doing, what you're believing, what you're experiencing is contrary to what the Word of God says, then what you're hearing and believing and experiencing is wrong. This is the one guide that we know is right, is always right, and we take it from God's Word. We know we're standing on the truth, and the truth, my friend, will always set you free. So, so, so when, I, when I preach, as I've said so many times for that we should say what God says, I'm saying, say what this Word says. When you ask for an answer the answer that you have to, that you need to give is in God's Word. Always say what God says. Always live by what the Bible says. Always have the viewpoint of Christ. It doesn't matter what somebody else says ought to happen in the world today. What we know is true is what Jesus said must happen in the world today. We know that the way of love and the way of forgiveness is the way to victory. Because Jesus has taught us that it is, and Paul and the other writers of the New Testament has amplified that and made that very clear. If we live in surrender to Christ, we live in victory, and we will not be misled and deceived by the devil. Praise God. I believe it, don't you? So so the devil always wants you to overvalue his power. He wants you to think he's more powerful than he is. He wants you to take offense at, other, at what other people say or do or actions that happen. He wants you to be offended by that and act offended and go about showing your offenses because that's detrimental to your spiritual life. And it drags you down away from the life in the spirit that's in Christ for us. It always drags you down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring you this final. I don't know if you've ever thought much about what Jesus said. When your enemy and evil, your evil enemy, smites you on one cheek, he said, turn the other, and let it smite you on the other cheek. I never liked that very much. I never said Jesus was wrong. I just didn't like it very much. But I got to looking at it and de- digging into it, and I realized he isn't just talking about somebody walking up and slapping, knocking me in the head. That's not what he's talking about. Now, I, 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 I've never had but one person in all my life really slap me. And I had one person slap me, and that was my mother. I never thought a little woman could hit like that. Well, a very small. Lady. I was, I was a, really a boy. This is how long ago I remembered. I was a boy, and just, just a boy, and and uh, one day I said something to her I should not have said. You know, I know I shouldn't have said it, I heard something so, and then I And I felt my head starting to stingy and getting dizzy, and I felt my eyes getting watery. And I said, Whoa, whoa. <laughs> she said, Don't you ever say that or anything like that to me again. And you know what? All the years that she lived till she was 73 and a half years old, I never did. I never did. Now, I'm not giving. I'm not giving parental advice when I say this. I'm not saying that's what you should do. I never slapped one of my children. I don't will I don't ever slap them at all. i don't don't ever slap them like that. But, but I will tell you one thing. It may not be that. I'm not re- recommending it. I'm just simply saying it made an impact on me. I still remember it today. And it made, sure, it made sure I never said that again.
1: So if somebody comes
0: up this and spikes you on one cheek, it's not necessarily saying that you're supposed to turn and let him hit you on the other and make sure you've got an equal bruise on both sides. But, but what it is really saying is, 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 let me just read it to you in a, in a development of what it says. But I say to you, Jesus is being do not resist an evil person. Who insults you or violates your rights. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other toward him also. That is, simply ignore insignificant insults or trivial losses and do not bother to retaliate. Maintain your dignity and your self-respect. Not standing spiritually, not fighting and combating, not taking offense Standing in truth, maintaining yourself in the dignity of the Holy Spirit and in the self-respect that he creates in his own. Stand against unbelief. Stand against untruth. Stand against deception and every devious act of the enemy. But and, and you do not have to fight against it. One of the ways that you stand against it is to stand right where God has put you in truth not taking offense, nor giving offense. Accepting where the Lord has put you. And all the, all the things that come along with that, you can stand right there in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hold fast to the position where God has placed you, and you will prevail in the victory and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some of you who think you don't need this are going to find out before the day's over, before the week's over, that you really do. I want you today, I want you today to, to acknowledge in your spirit, that is, within the within your status with the Lord, that, that this is where I'm going to be. I will not, I will not give in. I will not buy into any deception that the enemy brings into my life or seeks to manifest in my life. And if you find that it is what is happening to you is devious, it's divisive, it's disruptive is destructive or harmful, then you know that that is deception. Because God wants to strengthen you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to make you whole. He wants to give you joy and victory and abundance in Him. He wants you to be an overcomer, declaring that you are a faithful servant of God and more than conqueror in Him because He loved us and gives us the strength of His love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Stand with me, please. Everybody stand with me right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.